Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Match Ball. Hi and welcome to the Matchball 30, which is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. There's 10% off your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hiya. Michael Normanton's with me. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Sick of Arsenal yet? Always. Had enough of these lot from North London. If you haven't yet heard the first couple of games in this series, go back to the 27th of January episode. First two games in a thrilling four game series against Arsenal in the FA Cup. And God, this is dragging. If you're new to early 90s football, this is what happened. In you, fact, well, well, don't you forget, played forever. And this is what actually put paid to the the replay after the replay after the replay after the replay, the fact that this went on for so long. Given these days, people can't even be bothered with one FA Cup tie. Imagine having four of them. And imagine having to move every other game around for this, because by this time, Leeds United's uh, secretary, who has to arrange all the fixtures, is absolutely doing his nuts. I think... Derby County kept phoning up kind of day to day saying when do you think you'll fit us in can you come here and play us at some point we we do have a game that well I mean if we if we beat Arsenal yes we can play you if we don't beat Arsenal then I don't know what we do well we had that uh, league fixture at Tottenham on the 2nd of uh, of February ages ago now weeks ago where Lee Chapman obviously got that awful injury and he made his comeback the lunatic against Manchester United in the uh, in the League Cup semi-final first leg, and we have been swamped by cup fixtures. We haven't still haven't got another league fixture for another couple of weeks yet. So uh, forgot. I mean, we've forgotten how we're going to win the league this year. I mean, it is looking tricky. Arsenal to give this these games some context are looking quite good this season and are top of the league, but we could still beat them in the cup, eh? And, well, the fact is, we have gone toe to toe with them so far, and that's to our huge credit in this uh, in this round of fixtures. And so it is back to Highbury today, 30 years ago, the 13th of February. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Love you lots for tomorrow anyway. And this is part two of the Extra Ball, episode 43, where we covered these games off uh, off before. And it covers off this game today and then the third replay in the fourth round of the FA Cup back at Ellen Road. Enjoy. Sandwiched in amongst all this was this um, this continuing ding dong against Arsenal, and it was back to Highbury again for another nil nil. Slightly better nil nil by the looks of things. A snowbound uh, pitch. There'd been um, a lot of work to. They had all the junior players and ground staff to to keep the snow off the pitch and get the the game. Eddie um, and Ketty wouldn't do that these days, would he? 
<laughs> Ungrateful little rat. Actually, <laughs> with a shovel. You don't get that anymore. We're talking about the nostalgia for Highbury. You don't get snow around the edge of the pitch anymore, do you? It's all under soil heating and proper the machines that do it now rather than children. It was better when child labour was a thing. <laughs> and Chris White had a, another goal disallowed for offside. He seemed uh, determined to score against Arsenal, but it just was not happening. But the big drama in this one was um, dear old Mel Sterland gave away a penalty for handball and was absolutely banged to rights really wasn't he? it was quite refreshing I don't think any Leeds player really went to the referee and complained they just kind of went oh ref come on Mel's just annoyed at himself isn't he you yeah. can tell he's doing ah oh, fuck no no he's all he's really saying there is a nice little bit of uh, it's not gamesmanship so much but the referee asks Lee Dixon to place the ball on the spot again and uh, John Lukic who obviously they played together at um, at Arsenal comes over and he starts having a word and the referee sends him back. Didn't need to didn't need to worry. Over the bar. Yeah, Lee Dixon rubbish. I want to give a note to Carl Shutt as well, who at one point is put through on goal and tries to do a little death chip over the keeper and it's just awful. <laughs> it's just it completely mishits it and it TV team just kinda of goes, Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing there then? I'll just this for me, is it? Paul Merson also, um he's put through and you think he's gonna score, but he just he just taps it into Lukic's his hands and then um, at the end there's a nice moment when um, Mickey Thomas has a, a shot but it goes straight at, at John Lukic and because um, again they they played with each other in the Arsenal's title winning team and you can see Lukic is kind of laughing at him going you're not going to score past me and, and Mickey Thomas is pointing at him going oh you bugger you saving my shots you John Lukic you you Jovan to give him his, his real name his Sunday name yeah yes. absolutely Jovan yeah Jovan Jovan Anything else to take out of this game other than it was marginally more exciting? Because Wilco didn't seem very impressed, did he? He said, get a bit boring. It would be remiss of me not to uh, mention that Mick Whitlow came on for Peter Haddock as a, a substitute. So that was that was one thing. But um, um, it was exactly the same starting 11s as the first match as well. That's another thing that's perhaps worth highlighting. But yeah, Wilkinson just said... Uh, um, it's getting quite boring. He said, the whole thing has been a new experience and my abiding memory so far has been the feeling of utter exhaustion which has followed each match. I shudder to think how tough this has been for those who actually played through every single second. The weight of the world on a man's shoulders there. Christ. It did feel because these were such close matches and nil-nil, one-one when the, the two goals were scored within two minutes of each other and then another nil-nil and those two games had extra time as well. So what's the... So as did this one, I guess. Yeah, so so do the, the maths. It's 90 plus 108, that's 270 plus an, an hour, 60. <laughs> goals per minute is poor. What's 270 plus 30? So it's 330 minutes... <laughs> and what's that in hours? What's that divided by 60? It's five and a half hours. Don't just sit and laugh. It's five and a half hours. <laughs> right, so it's five and a half hours of football with two two goals that came within two minutes of each other. And it, there's every prospect that it would never actually end. I don't know if your maths is right there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, your faces whenever I try to do this. <laughs> I wouldn't even attempt it, but you, you go in there. It is 330, yeah. Like right, Chico coming, coming out for a cross the way you go at those, the, go at the maths. <laughs> I'm sure I can do this. Let's see if... Oh, no, no. It is quite. actually, yeah, it is right. It's, it's um, five and a half hours. You see? It's a lot of football without much going on, isn't it? Um, but again, just characteristic of how tight it was between these two teams. And how good we were, even if it was just nullifying them. Because Wilco did have a habit of doing this, didn't he? Of very occasionally, like you think back to when we won the league, going for that nil-nil at Anfield. He had a habit sometimes of just shutting the thing down. Yeah. We were really sturdy. 
everybody talks about the the midfield that was in place here, and then we all think kind of Dorigo was the thing that that, that really levelled up at the back. But we were brilliant at Elland Road, almost impossible to beat unless you were Liverpool. And although watching Mel Sterland against Anders Limpar, and then also in the the League Cup semi finals when he just he could hardly cope with them um, with Lee Sharp, he was obviously had some defensive problems, but. We were just so secure at the back. Lukic, at this time, these games were being built as one of the the, the angles is uh, is choose a goalkeeper for England. Should it be David Seaman or John Lukic? And I would obviously always have said John Lukic because we had the same hair type. I've never <laughs> I've never grown a ponytail. Whereas um, Lukic's lifelong commitment to a brown bowl cut, I think, has been uh, it served you well. Yeah, me and him have, have a lot in common there. But yeah, we we were stern sturdy and and these were games we didn't make it pretty it was um up front Chapman and Shutt unless it was Chapman and Pearson when it was two big men but yeah big man knocking the ball long balls down for a a little man and then trying to get through midfield if we can McAllister could either be he wasn't actually brilliant in his first season for us McAllister it was he he took a while to to get going but he learned some of the stuff that perhaps a Vinnie Jones would have been useful to do in some of these matches. So that was Wednesday the 13th of February, the third game. Must have had a heavy Valentine's Day because we looked pretty leggy when we came through to the uh, the fourth match, which was, it was the weekend of the fifth round, Saturday the 16th of February. So we finally got this game settled on the day of the fifth round, the next round mm. of the cup. Um, and the, the sort of wider context here is that straight after this game, on the 20th of February, we then had the Zenith Data Systems Cup against Man City and then the League Cup semi-final still to come second leg against Man United at Ellen Road and I think at this stage you, you sort of saw in this fourth match it all started to just become a little bit too much There is a, a story about the ZDS Cup actually that the next season uh, Howard Wilkinson didn't want us to play in it he tried not to enter um, but we were forced to play but he, he basically just said yeah after after all this something's got to give and I don't want to play in the ZDS Cup next year like when Man United didn't want to play in the FA Cup. Well, that's because they were punting off to Brazil, wasn't it? We just wanted to stay home and not play football for a while. And was a, the, the, the attendance against Derby is testament to the fact that no one wanted to see the ZDS Cup, really. Yeah. It's I mean, it's a, it's a Wembley final, but it's, I mean, but when the Northern Area final is two-legged and the semi-finals are two-legged, it's just like... Oh. It's very JPT, isn't it? Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, you forget this thing even actually happened, but yeah, it did. Uh, but they should have killed it off for the next season, surely, because we were back in Europe at that stage. Well, I think it, it probably does limp on in the... It's legend in the JPT and stuff, just having that extra cup competition that nobody really wants to be in. So these players are out for this this fourth uh, fourth go at this, and we are 2-0 down before half-time. And you, you got the sense, and I remember being there... And, and seeing this, what you know, what had been a really tight first three matches just kind of evaporated, and, and Arsenal had the run of us that game. Paul Merson's opener is, does have the look of a team who can't be bothered to defend anymore. He just picks the ball up at halfway line and just kind of runs past everyone. There's not even really a challenge goes in on him. It's because he's running down our rights, whereas if he'd been on the other side, he would have faced the fresh legs of a starting Whitlow who, uh, who would have kept him in his box. But yeah, so uh, Merson opened the scoring on 17 minutes. And when that happens, you know, you get that sense that the game's getting away from you already. And then 2-0 just on the stroke of half time. This time yeah. Lee Dixon managed to hit the target. He did this time. And uh, yeah, we got one back from... Uh, Lee Chapman, but um, when we talked about us being able to, to shut games down, Arsenal went to three at the back. Andy Linegan, ex-Leeds defender, David O'Leary and Steve Bold as a three-man central defence. I mean, that's, that's grim. Yeah. 
<laughs> with um, Dixon and Winterburn as the fullbacks and then David Seaman behind them. Um, it may have taken more than Lee Chapman, uh, Carl Short, and then Bobby Davison as a sub to score past that. Although Chappie, of course, because he was quality, he did. We got one. Uh, there was actually, I don't know if it was kind of a, the kind of thing you say after you've won, but um, Paul Davis, Arsenal's captain, said that he reckoned Leeds had been the better team throughout all the four matches. How many hours are we talking in the end? So we need to add five and a half. So it would be <laughs> seven hours, five and a half hours plus 90 minutes. Seven. Exactly seven hours. I did yeah. that in my head and you had to write it down. I'm double checking your shonky maths. Seven hours of football. Yeah, that Even is, I don't like football that, that seems much. enough for a full season. We then had to travel to Arsenal on the 17th of March. So it's only about another four games further down the fixture list, isn't it? Well, yeah, the, I mean, the fixture list, we, we alluded to it briefly before with not knowing whether the games were, but we came out of this with the, the ZDS Cup and then the League Cup. We were screwed. I mean, look, um, at, look at the dates on these. Though. So Arsenal, but this is back in the league then after the Cup's all finished. So 17th of March, Arsenal versus Leeds. 19th of March, Leeds versus Everton. 21st of March, Everton versus Leeds. Uh, that's the two Zenith Data Systems Cup matches. 23rd of March, Leeds versus Palace. So we were playing every two days there yeah, in that sequence. Because the um, from the, uh, the start of 1991 to the end of February, we played... 15 games and only four of them were league matches and the eight of the last nine uh, we played in those two months were all cup games so then we had to uh, we were still somehow we were fourth we were six points behind Crystal Palace with two games in hand and Wilkinson was he really wanted the uh, the league was his thing he was he always said throughout all this that the league will be the real measure of our season um, I have maintained this all season so I'm not suddenly moving the goalposts missing out on a cup final appearance is a real sickening blow this is after we'd lost the league cup semi-final but the yardstick for us will be how high we finish in the first division we've got to get back to league business and strive to finish third or given a miracle perhaps second we have to look at the situation as though we are starting the season again I quite liked um Gordon Strachan's uh, reaction to losing the uh, the semi-final as well, the, the scum semi-final. Uh, to say we're feeling down is the understatement of the year. I'm feeling very sorry for myself and for my teammates. But after a couple of beers and a rest, I'll be over the disappointment. <laughs> it is quite something when you look down the fixtures and realise we won uh, a league fixture on the 19th of January and then the next win in the league uh, was the 9th of March. So we beat Luton on the first game at home at Ellen Road. And then the 9th of March was the Coventry game at home in the league. It's, that's incredible. <laughs> Didn't win it all in February in the league. And it's it's what Leeds have always suffered from. It's when it took Don Reavy years to work out that trying to win every single competition you entered only meant that you were fucked by the end of the season and you'd end up winning nothing. And it's so strange that, well, it's a testament to how good this team actually was that it was only Arsenal, you know, we were good enough to beat them in the, the cup, couldn't beat them in the league. But we drew 2-2 with them at Elland Road, I think, unless that was the season after. I think it was a draw at Elland Road. And then we lost at Highbury in the league. League Cup semi-final, Zenith Data Systems Northern Area final. Fourth in the league, very close to third, nearly qualified for Europe. And then the season after, we all know what happened, that we just went and, and won the damn thing. It's a bloody good team we had. We did, and Arsenal that season as well. I mean, look at this for a couple of After the, um, the fourth round tie with us, Shrewsbury in the fifth round, which they won 1-0. Then they went on to the quarter-final, which was Cambridge at home. Absolute gift, although they probably had Dion Dublin at this point. so <laughs> And they won that 2-1. So not an absolute walkover then, but uh, then you're on to Tottenham Hotspur 
in the semi-final, which they lost three goals to one. And that mm. is the final that Spurs went into the final against Forest when Gaza did his knee in. Well, yeah, I mean, the semi-final is the one where Gaza scored that incredible free kick. Yeah. Um, we would have hammered all those teams and won the FA Cup if we could have only beaten Arsenal. I'm sure of it. The match ball. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.